good news. My new book is finally here. It's called Handbook for the Heartbroken, A Woman's Path from Devastation to Rebirth, and you can order it now wherever books are sold. I wrote this book after the five-year span between 2016 and 2020 when I experienced serial heartbreaks that rocked literally every area of my life, my health, relationships, money, career, social status, and even my very sense of self. And along the way, I really got to experience firsthand how dysfunctional our culture's relationship is to loss. I saw how we live in a heartbreak illiterate world that's obsessed with success and shackled with isolation and ignorant of how valuable our suffering can be for our growth and our evolution, not only as individuals, but also as a collective. So this book expands the conversation around loss beyond just breakups and bereavement, although we definitely cover those too. In order to include falls from grace of all kinds, personal, professional, and collective. So whether you're experiencing hardship now or know you have past hurts that are holding you back in certain ways and still need healing, this book is here to support you. It's also a great book to gift to clients, family members, friends, just other women in your world who are going through a challenging time. It will show you that it's only through fully turning toward your heartbreak with support, courage, and compassion that you can heal. So within the loving pages of this book, you will have full permission to fall apart and slowly, organically find your way back to greater wholeness. I'm truly excited to share this with you. It was not a joy to live this journey, but it really was a joy to write it. And you can find it again wherever books are sold and the audio version of the book is available as well. If you would like some gifts to accompany you on your heartbreak journey, you can get those at handbookfortheheartbroken.com. Those are free. Whenever you order books, you can just send in your invoice or your receipt and we'll send you those accompanying gifts. Enjoy. Hello, women. Welcome to She Talks, a space for you to come home to your inner wisdom or your she. I'm Sarah Von Stover, a yoga and meditation teacher, best-selling author, and spiritual guide for women. I created this podcast because I wanted to offer Dharma talks, or wisdom teachings as they're called in the Buddhist tradition, through the distinct lens and voice of the sacred feminine. Because I believe that when a woman gets still and quiet enough to hear the voice of the divine within her, she can finally download the guidance she needs to become the most magnificent expression of herself possible and in turn, inspire others to do the same. Throughout both the first halves of November and December, I'm offering a special series here on the podcast called Dakini's Den. In Tibetan Buddhism, Dakinis are manifestations of awakening, appearing in a feminine form. And Dakinis Den was the name of the monthly class and Dharma talk I gave in this year's nine-month women's spiritual practice community, the She School, and its mastermind component, the She Leadership Circle. These talks were a favorite both for me and the women in the programs, and I'm going to share several excerpts with you here over the next month. I also created this series in honor of the opening of the latest evolution of the She School. This year, it will be a 12-month program called A Year of She, and this is the eighth year that I've been leading some version of this. A Year of She is for women who want to make their spiritual practice the foundation of their life in 2019. And its mastermind level, the She Leadership Circle, is for women who want to apply their spiritual insights to their careers for more impact, creativity, and service. Early registration with special gifts and discounts closes on November 16th, and then regular registration closes on December 13th. To learn more, head to ayearofshe.com. That's ayearofshe.com. And for now, welcome to Dakini's Den.
Hello, beautiful women. Welcome to our special guest interview today with Julie Cobb. And I'm really looking forward to our conversation with, with Julie because this connection with our intuition is really at the heart of the She School, or she is our intuition. And I know that there's a lot of growth and learning over our entire lives that need to happen around more deeply connecting to and learning how to decipher and trust and to live from this wellspring of inner wisdom. So welcome, Julie. Thank you, Sarah. It's good I, to have you here. Thank you. And I, I really feel honored to have you have me here. <laughs> Aww. All right. So I'm going to introduce Julie and then we'll just dive right in. So I met Julie recently. It was, I think it was last fall, um, a friend of mine connected me with her. And since then, I've just really resonated with who she is as a woman and what she's doing in the world and also had a reading with her myself. And she's done over 13,000 readings, which is amazing. <laughs> I don't even know how that's possible. Uh, since quitting her job in software to make this her full-time career. Since 2010, she has also been teaching people how to access their own intuition and read energy. And when not working, Julie is an explorer, traveling, doing water sports, cooking food, and walking Jamie Fernando and Noel. Is Noel? Has that how no, no lay. No lay, her chihuahuas. <laughs> so is that a new one? A new addition uh, to the family? Nole's a new addition, yes. Wow. Okay, <laughs> great. <laughs> so her websites um, are uh, highhearthealing.com or intuitiveboulder.com. Were you just about to say something, Julie? Oh, no, not at all. Um, okay. Thank so you for that. We always, yeah. We always start our gatherings here with a little bit of a personal sharing okay. just to help us land in the circle. And I invite you to tune into yourself and let us know where you're joining us from today and just how you're doing in the different dimensions of your being. Yeah. Um, well, thank you for that introduction. And Sarah, it's so nice to hear your voice. <laughs> And yeah, it's nice to hear this too. Yeah, um, I'm I'm physically joining you today. For, I'm actually in uh, Santa Rosa, California, right now. Um, but I recently moved to Ojai, California, from Boulder uh, after 23 years in Boulder. So I would say, you know, on a on a personal body, heart, mind level, I've I've made some big shifts in my life, which have felt really good but with any change you know kind of comes like like adjustment for lack of better words uh but uh yeah i would say um i'm feeling i'm feeling pretty good uh in that kind of large life transition and adjustment and uh and and also i would say the 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 work that i do in this world uh it feels really good. I, I kind of went through a little bit of a period of stagnation with it, and now it, it, it feels like my connection uh, with being an intuitive and, and teaching people has been, you know, reignited and um, kind of taken, you know, take me to a place of, of more inspiration, which feels pretty good. Um, but, yeah, on a personal level, definitely going through a lot of changes and, and kind of riding the roller coaster through that, for lack of better words. Thank you. Yeah, and at my end, I, um, I am in Boulder, and I'm kind of at the <laughs> front end of, of a big change. And Julie's on the other side. So you're on the other side of it. And, I know. Hopefully uh, we'll be making yeah. <laughs> What's that? Hopefully we'll be neighbors. I said hopefully yeah. we'll be neighbors at some point. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just in this period of um of preparing and waiting for the right the right timing and feeling and just the sense of completion with 
with one end of my journey, but not yet in the other. And yeah, mornings like this, it's super windy here in Boulder. And it's mornings like this where I'm like, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready to go to the other side. <laughs> and I'm also really tired. I, even though I've been sleeping so much, I'm just really tired. And I'm, yeah, I think I'm just in a big state of, big um, phase of healing and it's a reshuffling of things inside me. So I'm just going with that. Nice. Yeah. So, Julie, this shift from software to being an intuitive, that's a really big shift. Like, how did you, how did you get interested and involved in this work in the first place? You know, it's, it kind of smacked me in the head. It, it wasn't, you know, I really had no interest in this work. And in fact, I would, I would probably say, you know, you know, 15 years ago that it's not cool. <laughs> um, but it's, uh, it, you know, I went through about about 12 years ago a big breakup. Um, and, you know, I didn't really feel at that time, I was always a, always a very sensitive person, but I wasn't um, a very present person or kind of connected to, you know, myself. Uh, and I went through a big breakup, you know, and it, it wasn't even a big breakup. I got, you know, dumped and my heart kind of got crushed open. Uh, and at that point in my life, uh, I I kind of started doing things I never w- would have fathomed. I, I went and got my Reiki certification, uh, which is, you know, it's, it's kind of like, a, you know, hands-on energy work with uh with other people and I got my Reiki certification and when I was practicing on you know friends and neighbors and family I I basically like would would get information um and and so a friend of mine at that time asked me and she's like what are you going to do with this and and it just kind of came out of my mouth and that time period in my life it really was a little surreal where I was, you know, things came out of my mouth that would have never come out of my mouth. I had experiences that uh, were, you know, really spiritual experiences. And, uh, you know, so it came out of my mouth at that time that I, I wanted to be a psychic. And and she and she said to me, she was like, well, why are you developing, you know, Reiki and not developing your intuition? And, and it was a valid point. I think at the time, Reiki was a little bit more socially acceptable, and I wasn't at a place where I was ready to own, <laughs> you know, like like claiming myself as an intuitive or a psychic. Um, but I did go to a school in Boulder that um, it, it's a school called Psychic Horizons, and the experience was very validating for me as as an intuitive because we practiced doing readings there but the way that they teach you how to read is um i i rubbed up against it, it you know they they taught you how not to feel and i believe in feeling uh and so the it was a good place for me to get very validated uh for what i do and and people really liked the you know when i gave them readings and uh and I was also still kind of in a lot of pain at that time in my life, uh, you know, almost like searching for a deeper sense of myself that that was very um, it was an antithesis to what I learned to be as a kid. I learned, you know, like, oh, if you're a good athlete and if you're um, successful in your corporate career, then then you'll be loved. And and I started doing things that kind of went against maybe my parents' approval and and unknowingly I, I was kind of finding myself. But uh this the school uh that I went to, one of the teachers said to me at one point, she's like, if you want to heal faster, read more people. And mm-hmm. I kind of like <laughs> I kind of like grabbed a hold of that because I was in some pain at that time in my life and and I started reading people for free 
and all through word of mouth it, it it spread and through through kind of trial and error i i came up with a structure of of how i'm comfortable reading what i'm reading uh and obviously just simply practicing readings helped me formulate you know that structure and i just started reading tons of people uh and at first it was for free and at the time i was um i was actually the ceo of a of a software startup in boulder and i did it in my spare time and over the span of about a year it it became actually so overwhelming that i kind of was confronted with a choice of you know do i want to spend you know at the time probably like 12 or 14 hours a day doing something i don't love or really doing something that i absolutely love and and was was a huge risk to me i didn't have a lot of money at the time either and so i didn't have this safety net and and finally my body wouldn't let me send another email for this company that i worked for i i you know i i i developed shingles uh which is a, you know kind of like a nervous system body you know uh virus to that really in my opinion was just saying hey <laughs> you you do something different that. yeah yeah and um so so yeah it was uh it was quite a journey to where i am today and uh it it's i wouldn't trade it for anything i absolutely love what i do and uh and obviously i'm i'm still learning a lot about myself through the process and and of course i get to help other people you know maybe see their struggles in life differently mm. so i have a question about this, you know, the woman that, or the teacher that you had at the, uh-huh. what was it called, Psychic Horizons? She yeah, said, yeah. If you want to heal faster, do more readings. How, yep. how does, how did that work? Like, how did doing so many readings help you to heal faster? Well, um, the way that I see it today is, and I don't know if this is how she actually sees it, or, or I, I think it's maybe fair to say that I don't know that she knows why she said that the way that i see it is is that um you know it's hard to say when i do a reading what is actually healing for people um but i would say mostly the conclusion that i've come to you know because there's so many facets to a reading uh in terms of intention what i'm reading you know i want to read people's pain i want them to understand their pain so that they can solve it you know pain is what drives everyone in this world but the 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 biggest thing is is that i'm creating the intention to connect to someone on on a different level um and i use the way that i do readings is is i put words and 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 visualizations to empathy. We all have empathy. I don't have a gift that anyone in this world doesn't have. Uh it's just that I I trust what I feel. Um and I trust what I feel enough to put words to it. And when we, you know, like sit down and close our eyes and hold someone's hand or for, in my case do a reading with someone, I'm I'm going out of the world of separation and going into the world of connection on a soul level. I'm I'm not reading their physical body. I'm reading their their energy, their intuition and creating intention to connect to someone. And we are so often in the world of separation where, you know, where we try to solve pain by comparing or justifying or, you know, all of these things or or you know, being our parents. <laughs> and so so um empathy in my opinion is healing uh you know when when someone sees you and says hey i feel you i got you and it's actually okay to be in pain let me let me help you understand you know why your body is telling you to do something different or or let me read that part of you um and and unconditionally kind of you know be there and, and say it's okay because when we kind of get out of that space of connection in my opinion we're trying to solve everyone else's pain especially as women uh i know me personally and i don't know if this resonates for other people on this call but i was trained as a kid to kind of um you know put my feelings second and put everyone else's first and so i became really good at kind of 
intuitively tuning in to what other people needed versus what I needed and, and, and validated for solving their problems. Um, and, and as, you know, I would say maybe like a healer in this world or a facilitator in this world, you, you know, our, our first inclination is to want people to not be in pain. Um, whereas, whereas pain is actually communication. It's a universal communication that very simply says, hey, you're holding a hot potato, do something different. Uh, it doesn't matter mm-hmm. if it's depression, anxiety, or, or what. Your body is saying do something different. But mm-hmm. in, in all reality, creating that connection with someone else um, is both healing for myself and other people. And she was right. She was absolutely right. I, I, I started doing a lot of readings and spending a lot of time during the day in that connection. And, and it was, it's hard to say, you know, I hope other people got something out of it, but it was incredibly evolving for me uh, is, is really what lights up. And, and, and in all reality, we don't do anything in this world that isn't self-fulfilling. Uh, you know, even when we say that, you know, all right, I'm, I'm going to go work for the Peace Corps or help this other person, it's because it evokes a feeling within us. Um, otherwise, we wouldn't do it. And how do you, you've already, you've already touched on this, but I want to just get it concise for the women listening who are still trying to define it for themselves, but how, how do you define intuition? Um, what, what is it? Well, you just said it um, really well, is, is that it, it is a personal thing. Um, and I think we're bombarded with a lot of information in this world, and and I truly believe it's meant to take what resonates and leave what doesn't. For me, intuition is, I think the textbook definition is like um, uh, logic or, or coming to a conclusion without logic uh, or, or, you know, a knowingness. For me, it's, it's, it's feeling, it's putting words to empathy, it's, um, it's trusting what you feel. For other people, it might be, you know, hearing something or seeing something uh, or having a dream. Uh, you know, all, the, all of those are complete fair game. But I think it's, it's the most important thing is, is it's an instantaneous kind of first feeling or first, you know, hit. Uh, and then, you know, following that hit or taking action on it without giving your mind an opportunity to undo it. I, I, when I teach people... We, you know, I'm essentially just teaching people who already have, you know, all of the skills to to be intuitive, just to trust their first impulse. Uh, and I think as kids, we're trained to to not trust that impulse. We're trained to do what we think we should do. And it could be as benign as, you know, as a kid, you're like, it's four o'clock. I feel hungry. I, I want ice cream. Um, that might, that's an intuitive, kids are best at it. You know, they're the best at intuition. Um, that's an intuitive hit until your mom says, no, it's, it, we haven't had dinner yet. We can't have ice cream until after dinner. And then you start operating based on what you think you should do and slowly ignoring your intuition. And we're kind of trained to do that. And I would say what I learned and teach is to get back to that childlike place where you're actually truly listening to your body. So what is one way to, to do, to start doing that? That's such a great question. Um, I think that like the most important thing is, is 99.9% of the time, our intuition is going to undo what we learned, you know? So it's when we really start, I would say, following our intuition, it's going to dismantle everything and, and, and even be polar from what we learned. You might learn that, you know, Hey, all my life I ate oatmeal for breakfast. And, and, you know, when I started listening to my intuition, I woke up and was like, wow, I really want a cheeseburger for breakfast. But then it really kind of messes with us. <laughs> We're like, you know, well, I, I learned that oatmeal is more healthy or I learned that, um, you know, you, you should always eat breakfast. And your body might actually want to operate completely differently. And I would say where it gets the most 
sticky is in the name of spirituality. Uh, you know, I, I would say the the ego on the streets is one thing, and then the ego in the spiritual world is a whole nother thing. And so you might intuitively feel tired during the middle of a yoga class, but your mind is like, oh, yoga is good for me or meditation is good for me, and and in the name of spirituality and growth and evolving, I should do this. Well, you're still perpetuating the same pattern of maybe like something you learned as a kid in the name of spirituality. So the work really is, is I would say, the, the long answer to your question, Sarah, is, is that if you want to get better at following your intuition, I would say get better at feeling. Um, you, you know, maybe wear a bracelet on your hand or a ring on your finger where every time you look at it, you're like, you know, maybe you put your hand on your gut. And the intention is, is how do I feel right now? Um, you know, it, it's and, and the more we take action on that feeling, the more you're actually going to find your purpose and what you came here to do and, and your gifts in this world when you really know how you feel versus doing what you think you should do. And I think for many women in this world, and that might be like a projection, <laughs> But we're trained to not feel for ourselves. We're trained to, to take care of other people and to solve their problems. And, and in all reality, that makes us tired. Uh, it, it, it kind of drains our energy. And the more we take care of ourselves, the more we can actually help other people and be an example. And it goes back to what I said um, earlier about holding space for people. It, it really boils down to energy and vibration that if we are a vibration in the presence of someone else that says, you know, hey, I, I not only feel you, but I'm an energetic example of, of changing patterns and of taking care of myself, and you actually have permission to take care of yourself too, that's what, in my opinion, what is going to heal the world or change the world is, is if we can be energetic examples of change and and power and boundaries and 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 like I said, that might be a total projection, um, but that's but I'm certain that's my journey. Yeah, yeah, I can definitely relate. I mean, just with my own journey and what I see, you know, with with all the women who are here and that I that I yeah. worked with over the years. So the main things that connect that disconnect us from our intuition. You know, you've mentioned the starts in childhood where we, it's like these beliefs, these shoulds that get piled up. Mm -hmm. What, I mean, do you think that that's the only, the only thing that, that disconnects us and just grows bigger and bigger over time? Or are there other, are there other dimensions of that too? That's a great question. Um, my, my impulse is to say that Obviously, in the names of in the name of love, we're going to as kids do what our parents want us to do. Um, you know, mostly sometimes we go the opposite direction, but it still is. You know, it's, the energy often is the same underneath. But you know, as kids, you know, when our parents want us to get A's, we get more love than getting D's, uh, and so we might not like school, but we do it because it makes them happy and then we feel safe or we feel loved. So I think that, that probably perpetuating those patterns are one of the biggest disconnects from our, our, our true essence or our soul selves because we're not really our soul selves. We're just, you know, we're just perpetuating the patterns we learned to get love as a kid um, versus, you know, when I'm on, on Unconditional love would simply be like your parents loving you the same if you got a D, um, you know, not, you know, and maybe recognizing that, hey, school might not have been, you know, your thing, uh, and, but we typically don't do that. I, so I would say that's a, that is a big disconnect from our intuition, but I, I think the most disservice is, is that we're trained to not listen to our intuition. So we almost have to learn how to feel for ourselves before we can even know a yes or no. Um, you know, you have to learn, you know, what a yes or no is to you based on feeling, and, and then you can make that decision because, uh, uh, you know, you might, you know, a yes to you is a no to someone else. Uh, and so 
I would say everything in society disconnects us from our intuition. Um, yeah. You know, we're not supported in our society to to be powerful, to be, um, to feel, um, or to actually experience the the benefits of feeling uh, and and clearing ourselves and healing ourselves. You know, if we're trained to to be like, wow, I feel angry and that's okay, that anger can move. Uh, you know, that anger can be let go. Everything's a wave. But we're trained that there's something wrong with anger or sadness. So, and that, you know, kind of feeds our society to be in fear, to be angry or sad, um, versus actually feeling those feelings. And so I would say it's fair to say everything, you know, disconnects us from our intuition. But I would say it's, it's actually, um, it's not a daunting process to learn how to feel. It's actually quite easy. And then once you feel, you can make decisions based on feeling. And and like I said, um, meditation might not be your thing, you know, like like or you know uh, uh, something that's intuitive, you know, that connects you to your intuition might be, you know, cooking or you know like dancing or it, it could be anything. Um, but you're not going to know until one you have the courage to 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 start to discover like kids discover and kind of find yourself again. Um, and try different things, and then intuitively say yes or no. This this feels right, or this doesn't feel right for me. Um, but I think that that one of the biggest things that I run across is um, in the name of spirituality, still perpetuating patterns that you learned as a kid. Like, it, it, and I I always use the yoga class example. Um, you know, if you don't feel like finishing a yoga class, I challenge you not to finish it. I challenge you to walk out. Um, and if, if you're in the presence of a teacher that's like, don't leave the yoga class, push yourself through it, ask yourself in the middle, well, does that feel true for me? Uh, yeah. And so, and that's what, that's where it's going to get the most sticky because I think, you know, in the world of, you know, really anything, we operate in a society that there's an order of magnitude, like, like one thing is better than another, but it, there's, it's not. There's only what's right for you, and, and that is going to look different than the person next to you and for sure you're, you're probably the family you grew up in. Right. So then the main things that connect us to our intuition is there, those are different things for each of us, and we need, need to go on that like childlike journey of just exploring what feels like a yes in my body. Yeah, and I think um, one thing I teach people is, and it's fair to say because the most important piece to that, Sarah, is to is to really effectively learn how to feel for yourself. And um, I know in my journey, I was feeling for everyone else. I didn't know the difference between a sadness I had and picking up someone else's sadness. Um, and so I, I would say the most important piece to that is, is learning how to feel for yourself. And and some people don't even know what they're feeling. And so what I teach people to do, which is a really easy exercise, is, is when you're stuck and you don't know how you feel, close your eyes and imagine a big white movie screen in front of your face. And simply ask to see a big green yes or a big red no. And if, if nothing comes, then make it up. Um, pick pick your first impulse. Well, well, that's a big green yes, or that's a big red no. And then I would say validate yourself with seeing how you feel and asking yourself questions. Be like, do I feel like having coffee with my friend? You know, and put your hand on your gut, close your eyes, and ask to see that big red yes or, or big green yes and or big red no. Um, and start to learn how to see how you feel, and then you can kind of bridge bridge a gap um, with with actually your body knowing how to feel because it's fair to say some of us don't know what we're feeling um, and and yeah. then from that place of knowing how you feel and you're sure that like wow my body said no to having coffee with a friend and you know quite honestly looking back on it I always feel crappy after I leave and blah 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 um, then you can start to build a dictionary for yourself um, but but you know I know the case was for myself that I didn't know how to feel for myself. I had to almost learn. Uh, and so I, I would say the biggest piece to what you just said is, is um, really knowing what a yes and a no is for you. Uh, and you can start there and then you can get into like 
oh, I feel tired and it's it's apathy and all of those things if you really want to define it. But uh, and then from there, you, you, you'll have a better judge of what feels good and what doesn't. And and I, I want to be clear that sometimes we'll have a, 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 a yes, that feels true, but it also feels scary. Like you might be like, you know, I feel like going on this big trip or going skydiving, um, you know, like like that might feel scary and be a no or scary and, and be a yes. Um, because we we are intuitively sometimes drawn to things that are new and can feel scary. But ask yourself if it feels like a yes or a no. Because sometimes skydiving might feel like a no for you and just be like, hey, that's not my thing. And there's no there's no awards for making yourself do something that your body doesn't want to do. Right. So something, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to articulate this well, but something that's coming to mind around feeling from my journey and just from what I what I hear back and what I witness back from the women that I work with is, you know, one of the things that we do here is, is learn how to just notice and name our emotions. Yeah. And I think there's another piece in there. There's like, yes, one that we're we're we've disconnected from ourselves and we're just, we're focused outward and we're, we're feeling for other people. And there's a way that like, I don't know, there's like, um, it's like we just, we just feel like feelings are wrong. Mm-hmm. And if, if, if like a hard feeling comes, there's, um, I'm not, I'm not sure how to say it. It's like it's more just like trying to get rid of it than actually seeing right. like, what is this telling me. Yeah, like that this this is a signpost. Like that this is my intuition right. talking to me. Like we we want to push it away rather than like go into it and see like oh this sure. is my friend. Like this depression is is, yeah. is helping me, trying to help me. Well, that's such a such a great I would say observation and thing to say. And and I think you're absolutely right. Is is were, you know, it's it's so funny. Like a parent could say to you as a kid, um, when you when you're when you're sad, what's wrong? And that's totally benign. That's that's even you know in our minds a loving parent, but it also indicates that something's wrong if you're sad. Um, versus, you know, the what I've learned is is that um, sadness and anger are just as vibrationally as important as love and joy uh and and the point is is that if when we hold them in and and kind of like um don't see them as energy or or see them as something wrong it just builds up into eventually pain um versus you know when we are sad and angry you know like kind of being like Oh, you know, there's anger. I'm I'm going to sit with it until it passes or I'm going to get curious, you know, and hold the body part, you know, from a somatic principle, hold the body part I feel it in and and understand where it comes from. And you could close your eyes and put your hand on your throat and be like, "Wow, I feel a hot heat that's an anger." And and the first image that I get or the first thing that comes to mind is is that this comes from like not being allowed to express as a kid. And then when you sit with it and acknowledge it, it will dissipate. Energy is a wave and anger is just a vibration. And it's a vibration that's no more or less important than love or joy. Um, but, but you know, our, our, we're taught that there's something wrong with it. Uh, and, and, and so um, that's such a valid question. But we, we also have to undo and practice. The only way to get through undoing that pattern that we hold of something being wrong with with our you know our you know you know seemingly negative emotions is is to practice uh you know uh, relating to them differently they're important um you know and and they're also they're also communication uh and so and and my work is is to help understand or validate what it is because oftentimes we don't know if it's someone else's energy that we're holding. Um, you know, yeah. if, if, uh, you know, as kids, our parents were, were always had a fear of lack or, or money. And then, then we, we also have a fear of lack or, or not having enough money. 
we're basically saying that, hey, I'll collectively suffer with you to make you feel better. And that means holding someone else's pain. Um, and, and so, you know, understanding what it actually is. Oftentimes, from what I've found, um, more often than not, it's not even ours. Um, or when we're in a clearing process, it's hard to delineate uh, the the feeling of something leaving versus acquiring something. Um, anger leaving can feel just the same as a, as the body to um, acquiring anger, uh, and knowing the difference is is valuable. Um, also, in in terms of like uh, how we relate to it. How can you tell the difference between if you're if it's clearing out of you or if it's coming in? Um, I would just say close your eyes. You know, maybe put. I, I like to say put your hand on your body where you feel it, maybe where you feel the sensation, and close your eyes and ask yourself, is this, is this anger leaving or is this anger, you know, that I picked up? Um, because we're often triggered to heal what we need to heal. Like, like we might, somebody might beep a, at us on the road and it triggers us, you know, and, and what it's triggering is, is an energy that we're, you know, ready to let go of. Uh, and, so I would say, how do we know the difference is just simply close your eyes and, and, and ask yourself. And I would say, um, most importantly, you're going to know the difference because of your awareness around it. Uh, it. When you're not aware of like, oh, you know, that person made me angry. Well, I'm going to scream in the car just to let go of that anger. That's an, you're clearing something um, because you're not, you know, kind of playing the game or perpetuating the cycle of like, well, they got mad at me, which evoked anger, and I'm going to get mad at them, which evoked anger. So I would say your 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 spiritual awareness around it um, will know what's clearing when you clear it yourself versus trying to um, perpetuate the cycle of trying to have, have them hold your pain back. Um, that's the most notable example. Um, also, just, just know that, like, we're intuitively drawn to doing cleanses. They don't feel good, but we know they're true. Um, those are clearing kind of processes physically, and anything that happens physically is happening emotionally. So when you clear toxicity physically, you're clearing toxicity emotionally and, and vice versa. Your body has to change with any evolution that you make. Right. This is all so interesting. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's so fun. There's there's so many facets to so it. So many layers. Like, and yeah, we just don't so talk years. about any of this. We don't learn about it, and it's just yeah. so it's like it's like the foundation of of everything. It is, and and it's you're so right. We're never, be, you know, never in our lives as kids are we be, we're 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 not given permission to 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 put words to our empathy. Um, it's not something that anyone teaches us, and it's so fun to teach people because. It's really so simple, and it's it's really I sit people down, or now it's all online. But you close your eyes in front of someone else, and and you basically build a story to their energy. Um, you know, at first I helped, but you're essentially dreaming for someone else's energy. You'll be like, all right, I see, I see a pair of you know red high heels for you. Well, those red high heels mean something to you, and and when you're you're intending to read someone else's energy, it's like, oh, those red high heels, they're they're feminine, they're powerful, they're you know like like whatever else. But but you, what you didn't see was Birkenstocks or Converse Chucks. You saw, you know, red high heels, and and that has meaning. Um, and so it's actually quite simple to 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 put words. Or, or pictures to someone else's energy. And your first impulse is always right. I've never had a person be like, that That wasn't amazing. <laughs> because oh. I think that what I really teach isn't how to be intuitive. It, it's how to validate your intuition that you've already had your whole life. Um, right. You know, everyone walks into a room and is like, oh, this person feels good or this person feels bad. Um, we do this all the time. Now you can be like, well, I'm, I'm getting a feeling from this person and you could create intention and be like, well, where does that come from? Um, or, or, you know, what does it look like? Or, you know, 
it's all about intention, but this is something we all do unconsciously. And, and now, you know, I just give permission to, to actually trust it. And one of the things I'm hearing from you is this, it's like the slowing down of the process and asking questions. So whether that's asking, yeah. okay, if I project this onto a screen, is it a yes or is it a no? Or yeah. um, like slowing things down when you're feeling something, saying like, am I feeling this for someone else? Or yeah, just yeah. Um, taking more time with these like automatic reactions that, like you said, uh, like the hot potato that we might usually just like, like just try to toss away from us. Right. Yeah. It's um, whenever you know, and, and, you know, if you practice that reading screen with the yes or no, you might actually get a ton more information than just a yes or a no. You might get like a whole picture uh, and, and you might be like, wow, like, like I saw this picture of this, this, you know, you know I don't know, like, like fire hydrant and a house on fire. And, and, and then you'll be like, well, I have no idea what that means. The truth is, is you do because your your work is to consistently just ask questions why well why do i see fire um and trust your first impulse trust trust the first feeling and you'll be like wow fire evokes movement um you know nobody really sits around in a fire we we move we get out um you know or you know why did i see a fire in a house that i was you know i grew up in or you know why was it in someone else's house Trust your first impulse, um, but consistently to yourself, ask the question, why, 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 why? Um, when I read someone else, and, and I'll always, like, like at first, um, you know, create a story to their energy or see their energy as if it were a story, it always unfolds amazing messages. Um, but it's a process of simply asking, well, why do I see them in Converse Chucks? Well, you know, there's a playful side of them that wants to come out. Or why do I see them going through a rite of passage? Well, they're going through a major transition in their life right now. Or why do I see fire or water? And just trust your first impulse. Um, water, you know, my first hit on water is, is it's fluid, it's feminine. It's, um, you know, and sometimes even scary to me, like, like it's, it's the, it's the fear of stepping into my feminine energy or, or, you know, when I'm reading it for someone else, trusting the first thing that lights up, it might be that they, they have a fear of, or, or that they're rigid through a process that they're going through and it wants to be more fluid. Um, but it's really, it's, it's quite easy, just consistently, the hardest part is trusting yourself, um, because that typically undoes pretty profound patterns we learned as a kid to not trust ourselves. Uh, and so, but, but always, no matter what, your intuition and your first impulse is always right. And, and I want to be clear, if it doesn't come to you, make it up. There's no difference between, um, between we think that intuition is, is it has to come to us, but it's our first impulse. Um, and, and I teach people that if it doesn't come to you, make it up. Um, I make up all my readings. Creation is creation. It doesn't matter. Right. Um, it doesn't matter if I thought of something yesterday um, or, or read a book, and that's that's what I had an impulse to say. Um, but it, that's what it is. Is it, it's trusting your first impulse and and getting into that. Um, I also want to be clear that our intuition. We get stuck in thinking that it leads us down a rosy path. Um, it doesn't. I believe it leads us down the path of most opportunity to heal what we need to heal to get what we want in this world. Um, no doubt on an animal level, our intuition keeps us safe. Um, you know, it, we're going to know not to walk down a dark alley if it doesn't feel safe. That's, that's like that animal-like intuition. But we're also intuitively going to be guided to experiences that help us evolve. Um, and that's where it gets sticky is, is, is people think that it's supposed to um, not, it's supposed to always be comfortable um, and it's supposed to always, you know, uh, like, you know, help us not date someone who is um, a, a bad boy or whatever. Um, right. The truth is, is that we're, we're going to, to intuitively follow the path that's going to help us evolve and we get to decide well, yeah, I was intuitively drawn to this kind of relationship for a long time. And you know what? I, I decided it doesn't feel good anymore. 
And, and that's the difference between doing something that feels true versus not feeling true. We'll sometimes follow our intuitive impulses for the sake of learning um, until we're like, hey, that learning that I've experienced, I've done enough and it doesn't feel good anymore, so I'm going to, and, you know, I'm going to start to say no to it. I'm going to change that pattern and attract a different experience. Right, right. You know, I'm thinking of one of the one of the biggest questions that I get, because one of the reasons why I created the She School is to actually get this education that we never got as women to how how mm-hmm. to listen to and trust these subtle dimensions of ourselves rather yeah. than all the externals. And one of the big things that women come up against is like, how do I know which, like there's so many voices inside of me, how do I know which one is my intuition? Mm-hmm. That's such a great question. And the work that you're doing is profound. It's awesome. Um, I would say, you know, be kind to yourself. It's a practice. You know, we're all human. And as long as we're all human, we're all going to be experiencers. It's all going to be trial and error. It's all, it's all going to be practice. Nobody has it 100% right. Um, you know, even in the name of spirituality, we get stuck in thinking that, oh, you know, like, like Gandhi has it all right. You know, like, like it's not true. I believe we are all here on earth right now to heal, and it's a practice. Um, And so sometimes it's two steps forward, one step back. Uh, And I would say uh, it's fair to say that probably everyone on this call is in a layer where they're starting to become really aware of, okay, I listened to what I thought I I should do, and it just doesn't feel good. Um, And, you know, and then I had this impulse that, you know, I wanted to do it this way and I followed it and and it wow that really felt right on remember it's a practice um you know uh, trusting what you feel you're going to wake up often and maybe feel like I don't feel like going to work but you make yourself go to work you know like like until that changes uh and so there's there will be a point though after you do practice and put intention you know intention is so powerful um, you know, when you start to listen to your body, it's inevitable your body will start to feel better. Um, you'll start to feel better. You, your your bliss will be more blissful. And so uh, your body will shine for you when you start to listen to it in a deeper way. And And you might, you know, wake up one day and be like, all right, I'm eating a cheeseburger for breakfast. I'm not going to go to work. I'm going to go get a pedicure. And I am not going to meet with that friend that I committed to meeting to because I just don't feel like it. And I'm going to cancel this plan because I don't feel like it. And then you're going to realize, you know, after probably having a little bit of guilt because it it, it goes against what you learned as a kid, you're going to realize that you feel better, you're more attractive, new people are coming to you, new experiences are coming to you, things get easier. Uh, and and so then it, it it becomes a little bit addictive, um, and and it becomes more fun. <laughs> but it's fair right. to say that the the transition process of it is is can be really dismantling because we're undoing patterns of how we got love as a kid. You know, we got right. more love for you know dropping everything and helping the neighbor when the neighbor needs help. But you know, you might not feel like helping the neighbor. You might actually feel really crappy and it doesn't serve anyone to help the neighbor when you don't feel well. And so really starting to listen to ourselves first um, is is really, you know, it, it can be a, a, a challenging process. And it's, you know, we get stuck also in thinking that, oh, if, if we become really self-centered and we listen to ourselves first and we're in our intuition, that the process is going to feel good. Um, and any process of change can feel really awkward and really uncomfortable. Um, yeah. But y- your work is to really ask yourself those questions. This feels uncomfortable. Am I still on the right path? Yes. You know, like, like and really start to, to, to trust yourself in that capacity. Um, it, yeah. Great. I'm going to check to see. I'm going to check our line. So, Women who are on the line, you are welcome to ask questions. You can press star 2 on your keypad. Uh, you can also type 
your question in. If you're on the webcast, you can type them into the Q&A box. And let's see. And I will just monitor just those two places um, to see if there's any questions coming in for, for Julie for the last 10 minutes or so. Yeah. Julie, one of the things from what, from what you, what you just answered, um, like a phrase that, that I've been using in my own life and the women that I work with is that you can't get it wrong. Like we have this idea yeah. in life that there's like a right way to do it and there's a wrong way to do it. And right. like there, like there, there is no wrong way. So even if, you know, even if like we're in that awkward phase of trying to figure out what, like what's, what's the voice of other, you know, of other people telling me what I should do that I've internalized and what's sure. my intuition. It's like, you know, even, even if what you follow is not your intuition, like that's, that's still okay. Cause that's, that's still leading you like closer into yourself. That is such a, that's, it's such a beautiful way to say it. And I would completely agree. I don't feel, I think that everything in this world from, you know, the Bible to the the table is is was was made by someone's opinion. Um, it was made by a human with ego, and you know your work is to decide what resonates for you and what doesn't. Um, and the only way to do that is is to to know what feels true and what doesn't. Um, you know, I I you know a, a good example is um, you know I. I don't really subscribe to any religions or spiritualities. I, I believe in physics, energy, and the laws of attraction. Um, but, but you know, Buddhism is often touted as this, like, really, like, yeah, you know, like, like everyone's kind. You know, it's it, you have to, you know, do what what you know do. You know, be be gentle, be kind, be caring. Um, but you got to ask yourself, okay, you know, like. There's not a, a there's not like many women in high level Buddhism. Does that feel true for me? No, it doesn't actually. Whoever picks yeah. the the Gandhi, you know, the pickers of the Gandhi, is that any different than you know the you know I'm sure you know also and this is just personal you know the the our presidency we we can say oh you're really chauvinist but um but is is Buddhism any different? Is the undertone any different? Um, and so you really have to, like, like in my opinion, take what resonates and leave what doesn't. There's so many principles and so many things out there that um, that that really resonate with me, and there's also a lot that don't. Um, and and through that, I get to build my own truth. And I'll right. tell people in readings, take what resonates and leave what doesn't. By no means am I 100% right. I'm, I'm a second opinion to someone's energy. It can feel validating, but I am not right. Um, I'm a second opinion. And, and, and so I, I kind of believe like exactly what you said is, is that, you know, you're not wrong. You're never wrong. Um, your experience yeah. is your experience. And, and that's powerful. When, when we, you know, especially as women in this world, when we start to like, I think there's a saying like like a powerful woman is uh, you know someone who like trusts themselves or something like that. I, I I know there's I'm sure there's a bazillion sayings around that realm, but imagine like like how powerful you are you know operating in, from the ways that you learned thus far, and and give boundaries to that. Give give you know be like yeah I actually you know I sorry, I changed my mind, but I don't feel like meeting up today. My body's tired and I'm going to rest. That is exponentially powerful. And so, um, you know, I really feel like our work is to find ourselves and nothing out there is 100% a yes or 100% a no. There's, There's like, yeah, this works or this doesn't work. If you're inspired to live these teachings in your daily life, come on over and explore a year of she at a year of she.com. This is a 365 day course with women's yoga classes, meditation, Dharma talks, community, seasonal living, and so much more. We're a sisterhood that doesn't just talk about things. We actually practice. And this isn't about crystals and rituals, although we love those things too, but it's 
about genuinely working with your own energy because the real power isn't in things outside of you, however wonderful those things are. The real power is in you. And it's a rare woman who really lives that. Remember, registration is only open once a year, which is right now. And our 12-month journey starts on January 1st. It would be an honor to support you in stepping into your strength, feminine wisdom, and power in the year ahead. Until next time, I am sending you my heartfelt support. Thank you so much for being part of our sisterhood.